0: Hello and welcome to Meet Her, the newest addition to Virtual Inforum. My name is Terry Barclay and I'm the president and CEO of Inforum, a nonprofit whose work includes highlighting and supporting diversity in business leadership. The Meet Her podcast series introduces listeners to women of accomplishment whose experiences and insights feed us all on our leadership journeys. I am just thrilled that joining me today is Maureen D'Agostino, Vice President, Corporate Accreditation for McLaren Healthcare, and a longtime member of the INFORM Board of Directors. Maureen is also an entrepreneur. She is the founder and president of MBD Consulting and has a deep background in ensuring quality patient care at healthcare systems nationwide. Welcome, Maureen, and thank you so much for joining me today.
1: It's my pleasure. Happy to be here.
0: So let's jump in. Okay. What is your, now I have a guess at what this might be, but what is your personal superpower and how has it helped you in your career?
1: Ah, so if yours is different than mine, will you tell me? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, for me, I think it's really how I build relationships with people one-on-one and then the ability to, I guess I'll call it, manipulate myself to the audience or the person that I'm speaking with. So I may be one way in front of a board of directors and very different in a one-on-one meeting with a CEO of a hospital. But... I find for me that building that relationship first so then the next time I can be very honest and upfront with how I believe the organization is based on what I do is important and that I find that the message is received far better than just coming out of the gate with it.
0: That's really interesting. Do you have any tips for people about sort of assessing how to be, if you change yourself, how do you assess your audience?
1: Um, I think, you know, it does come from years of experience of working in healthcare. The board, what does the board need to know? I ask myself that. What does the CEO really need to know? And I just tailor my comments to what they really need to know. I mean, the board is not In the operating business of the hospital or the company. They are governance and they need to know from a governing standpoint, thoughts and opinions, which could be very different than what the CEO needs to know, or even what the CEO wants delivered to the board. So I just think about who the audience is, what they need to know, and come off very professional in it, deliver the bad, but deliver the good with it, because everybody wants to walk away at least feeling good about something.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great, that's a great point. Don't we all need, need that uh, yeah. ability? Yeah. So given that, what's the skill that you're constantly working to improve?
1: Oh boy, that's like every day, I gotta be honest. <laughs> um, you no, know, I constantly have to remind myself that I need to take a, a breath and not react so quickly. I always think that I can do it better, that I know how to do it and would cut through all the red tape if you just let me do it. But then that never really works. And then you really then take away the opportunity of other people to learn and grow. And so I have to constantly remind myself. And sometimes I have to remind myself, Maureen, I know what you're thinking in that brain, but keep your mouth shut. And so every ah, day. so
0: you talk to yourself.
1: Yes. Oh yes. And sometimes out loud.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I hope you're able to have a laugh with yourself from time to time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so you have had uh, and continue to have an incredible career at the major healthcare systems in our state, but also nationally. So mm-hmm. you have seen all kinds of different leadership styles yes. and, and approaches and philosophies of leadership. Mm-hmm. What's one characteristic that you believe every leader really needs to possess?
1: I am a true believer in servant leadership. I, that makes a lot of CEOs and executive leaders sometimes gasp, but I believe that without the people that you lead, you will not be successful. And so my job as an executive leader is to make their jobs easier and make their work life better and sometimes make their personal lives better. So I would never ask them to do something I'm not willing to do. And this is, it's a tough, tough business that I'm in, you know, accreditation, and it's not fun. You get a lot of people who wanna argue with you and frankly you know I believe listen if I'm the executive leader then I'm the bad one I'll do the bad work and I don't pay my staff to be treated that way or have to constantly defend why we need to make it safer for the patients so you know you you turf all those to me and I'll deal with the doctors and the administrators and the CFOs to kind of get everybody where they need to be and for me that's really about being a servant to my staff.
0: Boy, you sound like someone I'd want to have on my side, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, given all of that, you know, mm-hmm. I think leadership in the healthcare industry is a really interesting issue, especially for women because certainly as an industry it's dominated by women. There's a, a lot of women who work within the healthcare industry, mm-hmm. but it's they're not necessarily always in the top leadership roles. Correct. Um, so what advice would you give to someone going into a leadership position for the first time in mm-hmm. an industry that's kind of different than many others in that there's a lot of women present but not necessarily at the
1: top? Sure, sure. I would say, you know, trust your instincts. I know that emerging leaders may be afraid of that. That takes some maturity. Be fearless. I think, you know, you need to be fearless and make the leap. More importantly, is that, and I know you're going to laugh, I would give the advice that I gave myself when I found it years ago. I live by the 10 codes of the cowboys.
0: Oh, I can't wait to hear this.
1: <laughs> you know, the cowboy code back in the day emphasized pride in their work and and really resolution in the face of difficulties. And it really the character of the cowboys defined the people of the West. And so it represented represented their core values. So, while abandoning much of, you know, civilization back then, but the ten that I live by and that I tell emerging leaders and it's a book you people can find the book the code of the, the cowboys is one you live each day with courage and you know i got to do that all the time two you take pride in your work three you always finish what you start four you do what has to be done five you be tough but you be fair six when you make a promise you keep it seven you ride for the brand which is extremely important, I think, in especially in healthcare. And I'm not talking about the brand of the hospital or organization name, but the brand around why you're there in the first place, and that is the patients you serve. Mm. Eight, pretty important, talk less, but say more. Nine, remember that some things just aren't for sale. <laughs> and, and 10, know where to draw the line. And so I have that in my home office. I have that in my work offices, and I have the book, and it's a beautiful book, because it's all with beautiful portraits of horses, which I love, and cowboys, (laughs) and it always, when I'm having a bad day or something, I look at those 10 codes, and it just resets me for what I have to do.
0: So you can't see me right now, but my (laughs) jaw's sort of on the table. I did not know this about you.
1: I know you didn't. (laughs)
0: Well, wow. what's the name of the book again?
1: The Cowboy Code.
0: The Cowboy Code. Okay. And they have posters, it sounds like. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> the Cowboy Code of the West. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. Who knew? Yeah.
1: Interesting. And so um, years ago, when I was rolling out a new ethics program at one of the health systems that I worked at, a new code of conduct. And I was going to be going across the organization, um, explaining these new rules. I thought there's got to be a simpler way. And I was at a Malcolm Baldridge National meeting for which you know you know I've been very involved in. And I listened to a, a Baldridge winner who was giving a presentation and referenced these. And so I went up to him afterwards and I said, "Wow." that where'd you get that and he that's where i um I actually found it, and so from then on, I knew those were the ten codes I had to live by so let's <laughs>
0: do a little side track here for just a hot minute okay tell us what the heck the Malcolm baldridge award is, and what your role has been with
1: them well the the Malcolm Baldrige Quality Award is a national award. It's administered through the Department of Commerce. It is the highest quality award that the United States government presents. They have it in multiple sectors, so healthcare is one sector. It is an application process that is extremely intense where you are writing the story of your organization from its mission, vision, and values to data representing what you have wrote about and benchmarking that data with other like organizations and you only get 50 pages to do it in. Should you keep moving up in the scoring you will get to a national site visit and then the national site visit is to see if you really are doing the things you put in writing. Then the reports that the judge that the surveyors do goes to the panel of judges and then they determine if you're going to be a national awardee or not. I was involved in the Malcolm Baldrige Award. I went through their whole leadership track, which was seven years, and then became an alumni examiner. But through that process, uh, I became team leaders at every level. But really, when you're a team leader on the national site visits, that's really the cherry on the top. And so I have done that for them for a long time. It is a lot of work. You have no summers. And so now I'm kind of on a hiatus from doing it because again, you want the younger people to continue to move up in it. And I'm happy just to be on the alumni side now these days, just saying, yeah, I was a part of something that was pretty damn cool.
0: Well, we're, we're really lucky that you're bringing that expertise in to the healthcare industry in Michigan, we're really well, and nationally, actually, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say it's far beyond the borders of Michigan. With your work with MBD Consulting, that's that's really exciting. So, so thank you for doing that. Sure. We're recording this in mid-April, when all of us are deeply grateful for mm-hmm. the quality and the leadership and just the service of everyone who works in the healthcare industry. And we're particularly thankful that you're taking the time with us today. But before, you know, sort of for a last question, Mm -hmm. are there any blogs or podcasts or other media that you engage with to generate new ideas?
1: I listen to all different kinds of things and I don't stick to just healthcare sector and I don't just stick to leadership type podcasts. I try to find the nugget in anything and, you know, even try to find the nugget in the, the housewife saga, you know, although it's, you know, it's not much there for me, but you know, you try to find the one thing that you can take uh, and, and put in your, your toolbox of, of skill sets. And so I can't say there's one thing that I exclusively listen to because I listen to all kinds of stuff.
0: So, there is there is one other thing I want to I want to ask you real quickly. Mm-hmm. You've been focused on quality. You've been focused yeah. on on how to find and implement quality um, throughout throughout the healthcare industry. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of do you have any sort of parting words of advice for us. When you're looking at two candidates for the job that are sort of equally qualified. Do you, How do you pick
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's a great question. And I will tell you, salary requirements are on the bottom of my list. And actually, I tell people that when they're filling out online applications, put a zero in, you know, because you don't, you, you don't want to get yourself excluded right out of the gate. But, you know, again, I, I kind of go to trusting my relationship instincts that I have. I Always, always want to be a, a part of the final interviewing process. Like, you know, I'll tell my staff, you go, go do the telephones, bring them in, whatever you want to do. I want to interview your top two, three choices, or whatever the number is going to be. I, at that point, we have they have flushed out skill set, background, and really what I'm looking for is really the best fit. For my work team for me it's more important that the fit is right to do the kind of work we have to do than uh, the fit to be wrong and i i'm an observer of people and i like to observe the approach the walk in the sit down you know how they handle themselves can i'm looking at them and i'm saying would i put this person in front of a board of directors can i send this person in to talk to a chief nursing officer about issues that her nurses are doing. How's this person going to fit within the group itself? And, you know, are they a team player um, or are they gonna be somebody who's gonna wanna, you know, set out on their own and not kind of be within the group? So I'm looking at more of all of those behavioral and social things. And so for me, it's really, if they're equally, both equally qualified, the job's going to go to the person that I think is the best fit for the team.
0: Ah, so it sounds like the technical skills are sort of table stakes. And yeah. And what differentiates are those other skills that people think are less tangible, but really have a huge impact on success.
1: Exactly, because um, I could teach you the skill set. I can't teach you to be the right type of person.
0: Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, maureen thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your perspective how fascinating
1: <laughs> well i'm happy to do it thanks thanks for asking so that wraps up our podcast please come back
0: to informmichigan.org for more opportunities to meet her and while you're there check out the other virtual inform components including a growing library of video tips virtual leadership development programming, and even a series of virtual events. Thank you.